What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 40 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. It's the most wonderful time of the year uh, to be a gamer, and I'm really excited to get into our show. Yeah, the gaming industry just all of a sudden decided that uh, today, it's Thursday as we're recording this, is uh, the start of E3, pretty much. So we got a bunch of uh, content this morning and this afternoon, uh, some Dying Light content that we're going to talk about, and then we got the big gameplay reveal for Horizon Forbidden West. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to get into our deep dive discussion, which is going to be our E3 predictions. So if you are excited about E3, uh, then you will want to stay tuned for this entire show. It's going to be a good one. Uh, but before we get to any of that, you can catch Preloaded on Jackson's YouTube channel. We post it every Friday. Uh, he is J-V-J-A-Y-V-E-E on YouTube, so subscribe there if you haven't already. That's where we post the video version. If you prefer to listen, you can catch the audio version on any uh, of your favorite uh, audio podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review. That'll help us grow our audience. Uh, if you want to have us discuss a question of yours on the show, you can actually write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we love hearing from you. We go through all your questions. So please write us. Again, it's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll discuss your question on the show next week. And with all that out of the way, we are going to kick off the show as we always do with our segment, What the Hell Have You Been Playing? So Jackson, what have you been playing? So for me, Josh, um, I know we both spent plenty of time playing Biomutant. Um, I kind of haven't touched it, though, since I put up my review. So um, just briefly, I had a pretty good time with it. I made a review for it, and um, I seem to like it more than, I'd say, the average person. Um, just a fun, quirky, open-world game, at least from my uh, perspective, but more recent in my, um, you know, Playing over the last week has been Mass Effect 2, which just reminded me why everyone kind of uh, treats that game as one of the best games of that uh, generation of kind of the the 360 generation. So, uh, yeah, it's absolutely blowing me away. I'm like halfway through and I'm really excited to continue it. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 is kind of regarded as one of the best games of all time, actually. <laughs> I know. I, I, I kind of hesitated. I don't know why I did that to say <laughs> that. But yeah, people do say that. Yeah. Well, nice. Uh, I have not gotten into the Mass Effect trilogy yet. Uh, I do plan to, but I have, uh, and I actually haven't been playing a whole lot this week other than uh, I did play Biomutant. Um, I posted a tips video, you know, like an essential tips video to my channel. Uh, and in order to prep, obviously, for that video, I had to play a bunch of that game. And I loved it. You know, uh, I love it uh, far more than the average person. I love the open world exploration. I thought the combat was very rewarding. Um, I love the quirkiness of the game. Um, you know, I do think that some of the mechanics are very rough. Uh, surprisingly enough, even in the combat, it, it's rough, but I, I love the combat. Um, and uh, I think the narration, the way the game does treats the voiceovers is weird. Um, but <laughs> uh, overall, you know, I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I still haven't finished it because, um, you know, after I finished that video, I had to put that, I had to put the game down so I could make the video. And then I put together another video. 
Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I would definitely, you know, take a look at all the reviews of Biomutant if you're considering checking it out. But if, if you like kind of just a laid back open world game that's uh, heavy on exploration, that's very beautiful and has some interesting combat, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, that's very well said. And um, I, I just found myself appreciating how gorgeous it is, um, yeah. most of all. Like it is a very beautiful and also feels handcrafted. Yeah. Um, I was appreciating that. And one thought I had, I just wanted to share with you, Josh, while I was playing is I was like, this feels like a more unique open world experience and just has more novelty than something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Absolutely. Like, you know, right. I, yeah. I, I think that that's one. I got really burnt out on open world games last year because I played so many of them and this felt different than anything I played last year. Uh, and, you know, even watching the, the, the stuff for Horizon that we just saw, um, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating loving that game, but I am anticipating that it's going to be a fairly traditional open world game. And you can't say that about Biomutant. It is it is different. Right. T totally different. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it that much, though. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Uh, I, I was disappointed that other people didn't, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, people like what they like and uh, more power to you on that front. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, that's what we've been playing. Uh, we do want to get right into... Uh, some of the gameplay reveals that we saw today. So first was, uh, I'm going to flip these, Jackson. We have them in the other, other order in the dock. But uh, first, we got to see Dying Light 2. And um, uh, I know what I thought of this, but I'm curious to hear what you thought of what they showed. Um, I thought it looked solid. Um, I, it's kind of hard. I mean, Horizon's fresher on my mind. I, I would say that I wasn't quite as blown away as I thought I might have been by Dying Light 2. Um, something about the quality of the feed, and I don't know if it was because it was hmm. streamed, um, but it kind of felt like the whole thing was running in 30. So that kind of disappointed me. I know I'm like a stickler for those sort of things, and it's kind of annoying, but um, I, I think that like the scope and um, kind of the choice and consequence parts of those games in the combat all of those look really solid to me. Um, I never finished the original Dying Light, so I was kind of looking for something to hook me, and I don't know if I found it, but I will like still pick it up and try it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that like uh, uh, graphically, it did not... I wasn't thinking like, oh man, this game looks amazing, uh, but I was really into what they showed. Uh, mainly it was the... The game seems like it has a lot of systems that seem to be working together to create just a really rewarding experience if, if you know, they can deliver on their promises. Like, I love the fact that the night and day, uh, uh, night, the, the night day cycle plays into gameplay. Like, at night, there are more monsters out, but they clear out from the buildings, so that's when you can go into the buildings, like, to get the most valuable loot in the game. I thought that was really cool. Um, obviously, the fact that the rooftops and the parkour had, seems to have been... Um, you know, hopefully it's better than the first game. Not that it wasn't bad in the first game. Actually, I, I shouldn't talk about the first game because I didn't play it. But I heard a lot of people say good things about it. But I think the parkour looks great. And um, then, yeah, how the world can, uh, you know, change based on your decisions. So hopefully they can deliver on all that. I do think the game looks very ambitious. And, you know, that's my biggest concern is that they just have these big promises that they can't quite deliver on. Right. It, it looks incredibly ambitious. Um, and, and as we know, it got delayed. It wasn't. I mean, it was supposed to come out like last year, I think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, and and yeah. kind of a similar thing to BioMutant, where even though that, that's a like you know small dev team, what you know this is much larger dev team, but how that game was shown off, people got hyped for it, and then they just went radio silent, and then they yeah. have the re-reveal, and it looks like they're just trying to do everything at once with this game, but hopefully they can pull it off. 
Yeah, and we we actually have a release date. It's December seventh. It was at the tail end of that stream. So, yeah. um, coming out this year. Yeah, and they're going to have apparently more of these dying to know uh, streams, <laughs> which I love that name. I thought that was actually pretty clever. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's going to be at least one more of these streams, if not more. And so look for more dying light content in the coming months. And one more thing, I just want to say it gave me PTSD to watch this. It's also a Polish company, Techland. I mean, mm. Cyberpunk did these streams leading up to launch. I'm not wishing any evils on them, but just be careful when you show your game a lot this early. Yes, yeah, and I, uh, Cyberpunk or CDPR definitely kind of set a precedent with how they marketed Cyberpunk. And before the game came out, everybody was like, oh, these are great. And then after, it was everybody was kind of like, maybe those weren't the best idea. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so we'll see how it turns out. I'm wishing, uh, I, I hope this game is great because uh, it, it, I think it has a lot of potential. But um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, so that was the first big reveal we saw today. Then we saw... As everyone knows, Horizon Forbidden West. And um, again, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one, Jackson. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, Josh, I just it, it feels like most uh, Sony exclusives do this to me. They kind of just knock me on my um, butt, for lack of a better term. They really blow me away. Um, I, I'm just sucked into everything that the sequel is trying to do. The first game was fantastic. Um I would love to play the first game in 60 on my PlayStation. I don't know if they're going to make that happen, but this looks incredible and it delivered on everything I was hoping for, but also surpassed my expectations. Um, I I know that's like a lot of vague, big, you know, phrases there, but uh, visually insane. The combat looks improved to a point where you would notice it and just the attention to detail and everything looks handcrafted. It doesn't look like they ran this through a, you know, a generated landscape sort of system. Um, and yeah. the underwater gameplay, oh my goodness, um, just looked incredible. Yeah, like uh, kind of piggybacking off the underwater segments, you know, it seems like I usually don't like underwater segments in games because it, it always seems rushed because you, you're holding your breath. And that's like a mechanic that they build into games. But this, they, they're just like, nope, you can hold your breath as long as you want underwater. I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey so much is because it just went for convenience. It's like, let's make traversing this world as convenient and easy as possible. Let's, you know, if it makes the game more unrealistic, so be it. And I feel like this game is doing that. It has that, like, umbrella thing that you can use to glide around. Very Breath of the Wild inspired, obviously. The hook shot, which is super unrealistic, but can, like, like Batman pull you into any, you know, grappling point. And it seems like there are tons of those grappling points. So it seems like traversal is going to be much better in this game. And then the combat just, for me, the big hook of the first game was the combat was incredible. Like, it makes you feel like you can take down these just gigantic monsters well you can take it down these gigantic monsters uh with the the you know t- uh timing your shots at their uh you know armor points and um just the way that this game looks to be doing that as well i cannot wait to get into the combat i think it's gonna uh i think it's gonna be great yeah did you notice that yellow goo thing that like produced strands between the the mammoth's legs like just little things like that that you can actually affect the environment and the enemies yeah that just sold me yep yeah so i think this looks great i do think that it it does look to me like a ps4 like a like an advanced ps4 title than a ps5 title um particularly with the character models like i was looking at aloy's hair like again not to be a stickler but like it just didn't look 
amazing uh, at some points, but the the creatures and the world, I think, will more than make up for that. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Um, but what I did notice is that, and this may not be true, I think with main characters in Zero Dawn, they all looked fine, but I'm very interested to see some side character faces because I know that was yeah. a big sticking point for uh, just general, in general, people are like, eh, those were some dead faces. So I hope that they... Uh, invested time in that yeah which often is the case in these big open world rpgs i know even True. even in cyberpunk where they touted this technology this lip sync technology some of the they still didn't look that great and so maybe yeah. they maybe they can pull something off but um yeah that'll be that'll be interesting to keep an eye on but anyway yeah it sounds like we both were very impressed for sure yeah and uh we'd love to hear what you thought of both dying light 2 and uh horizon forbidden west uh in the comments so let us know um we also have uh some uh, other news we do want to touch on very briefly, there is a Far Cry 6 stream that will be happening today as you're listening to this, if you're listening on Friday, the day we post. Uh, but since it's Thursday when we're recording, we can't obviously address that. That is tomorrow, Friday, or today, Friday, 9.30 a.m. So if you're listening early, you might yet get to catch that. If not, you can go back and watch it. Um, and then there's been a bunch of Nintendo Switch rumors. Have you seen these, Jackson? Yes, yes, I have, and everyone's really excited for them. Yeah, yeah, so the the rumors are that the Switch Pro is going to get revealed potentially before E3. I even saw a rumor that it was going to get revealed tonight, which, again, is Thursday, so who knows? Maybe by the time you're listening to this tomorrow, we'll all know what it's called. Uh, I know Twitter is rallying around the Super Nintendo Switch, which I definitely support. (laughs) (laughs) Super Nintendo Switch, I hadn't seen that. I I saw Nintendo Switch Pro. But I like Super Nintendo Switch more. Yeah, that seems to be the favorite. So uh, anyways, uh, there there has been some other news this week, but we're going to uh, leave it there because we really just want to get into our E3 predictions and we don't want to cut that discussion short. So we are going to uh, yeah get into our deep dive topic of the week. Uh, before, though, we are going to take a quick break. So we'll see you in just a second. And we're back. So... We are going to get into our deep dive discussion, which this week is our E3 slash Summer Game Fest 2021 predictions. Uh, And we are, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to do this by publisher or or how we're going to do it by by announced show, but we definitely both have a list of predictions that we want to get through. Uh, And Jackson, uh, maybe we will start with our... our, um, kind of like more general predictions that don't fit within one, you know, necessarily show or another. Let me know if that works for you. But if if so, I will kick it over to you and uh, you can uh, get us going. Yeah, so I actually did kind of uh, frame mine around specific shows, but that that works uh, in either case. Um, my first one actually uh, is, is focused on EA. Um, okay. They're listed under the kickoff live list. So um, they're having their EA play, as we know, in July. So I think they're going to want to say something here, though. So my prediction is we've been hearing a lot about Battlefield 6 being revealed in June. I think that will happen at Kickoff Live. We'll get some big um, trailer, and it'll look really interesting and awesome. But then my kind of less likely prediction is we'll get a small teaser from BioWare on the next Dragon Age. They've been giving us small teasers um, a lot over the past year, and I think they'll do it again here. Yeah, it's funny. I actually wrote down for EA that I think we will see Dragon Age 4, and I think they're going to get, I think it's going to be a deep dive. Ooh. Um, 
So I think we're pretty close to drag. I mean, it seems like they've been teasing that game for a very long time. And I know that that, that these types of games take forever to make, but it seems like it's high time to see Dragon Age 4. Yeah, you know, Inquisition um, was game of the year 2014. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I know Bioware, it's not like they have been sitting on their thumbs. They did Anthem, but, um, you know. And Andromeda. That's right. Yep. And so uh, not to mention, you know, actually, I don't know how much Bioware actually had a hand in the uh, the, the the trilogy that just came out, but uh, I don't know if that kept them busy or not. But anyway, yeah, I, I think we definitely see Dragon Age 4 in one form or another. I hope it's a big uh, sort of I hope we get an idea of what the gameplay is going to look like. I hope so, too. I hope they do talk more about it and then maybe give us even a further look during EA play. Yeah. And on the EA front, I have kind of like that was my um, sure thing is that I think we'll see Dragon Age 4. Um, as far as a release date for Dragon Age 4, I, I don't think we're there yet, but um, or even a release window. But the, the, I did have one thing from EA that I would really love to see, but I'm not sure we're going to. And that's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. Mm. I uh, am pretty sure they've announced they're actually working on it. Respawn. And um, that's just the one game from EA that I can think of that I just would love to see. It's funny, EA doesn't have a ton that I'm just like, that's really up my alley, uh, right. except for that. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and it's funny because before Jedi Fallen Order, that means they probably had nothing um, <laughs> outside of Dragon Age, at right. least that appealed to you. So um, yeah, I would love to see Jedi Fallen Order too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Respawn has been on a tear, and, uh, you know, if they want to continue that. The other thing is, you know, it was revealed that the Star Wars license is now open for other publishers. So EA might want to just kind of let everybody know, hey, we've still got a great Star Wars franchise uh, for you to look forward to. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. So, um, um, or go ahead. Yeah. So my, my next one um, is actually specific to uh, Valve. And I kind of went off of, um, yeah, again, the kickoff live list because they had a little Steam icon on there. I don't know if you've seen, Josh, there's been some rumors that Valve is going to reveal a handheld PC device. Yes, I have seen that. And that is very okay. interesting. I think they're, they're going to do it during kickoff live. I think it's a perfect spot to do that. It feels like a very Jeff Keighley sort of thing where he loves new hardware and he loves kind of things that are probably a little more quirky, not exactly um, for everyone. But that is a perfect stage to do it, I think. I can totally see Jeff Keighley doing that. Because if I remember, he was the one who did the Unreal 5 engine reveal, which is a really odd thing to have to reveal. And that was last year at E3 time. And um, I could see him doing a similar thing uh, with this. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think if it if it happens, it would make sense if it happened here. Yeah, just one interesting thing on that is uh, when I heard that Valve might be doing that, I know that a lot of PC players would want to play, you know, the the most visually impressive games on their ha on a handheld device. But I was thinking, like, think how many indie games are on Steam. I mean, even the Switch doesn't compare to that. This would be yeah. a great device to play those types of games. That's a great point. Yeah, and, and I wonder what their solution is. Is it purely hardware, or is it half hardware, half streaming? You know, because we've got Stadia, we've got other things that are, you know, PS Now even streams if you want it to. So yeah. Nice. Well, that's a good prediction. I hope we do get to see that. Uh, that kind of leads me into my... So Valve is kind of... They're not typically known for their you know E3 uh, fireworks or anything like that. And I've got some uh, other predictions for publishers that don't necessarily have their own um, showcase, but that I think we will see some announcements from. One is, uh, I think everybody is 
it's kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue is uh, from software. I do think we'll see Elden Ring and uh, I think we'll get a release window. And I don't think that game's coming out this year. I think that's a 2022 game, but I do think we'll see uh, that trailer that leaked a while ago uh, and then um, like some sort of gameplay reveal. But I don't know whose stage we'll see it on. You, You tend to think if Sony does an event from software and Sony obviously have a relationship with Bloodborne, but with Sony not having announced anything, maybe we'll see, maybe Microsoft will steal the show with this one. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I, I think I saw some kind of tweets. Um, <laughs> I think there's a, a general internet kind of fandom around wanting to see Elden Ring because um, yeah. we haven't actually seen a any gameplay outside of the leaks. So there's kind of a fandom around like, are we going to see Elden Ring? Are we going to see it? Um, and I think Aaron Greenberg said no oh. on the Xbox front. I that I may be wrong, but off the top of my head, I think I remember seeing that. Then then scratch the the, the Microsoft connection there. But I do think we'll <laughs> see Elden Ring. I, I I just feel like man, people have been salivating for this game for so long. Um, but before moving on to any of the other publishers, two two smaller predictions I have around just that don't kind of have a home. Uh, for me personally, I'm looking forward to the Gollum game. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan, but Gollum being a stealth game, I do think we'll finally see that. And then um, I think that I had mentioned earlier that you know the Star Wars license um, is kind of up for grabs now for anybody who uh, they feel they can make a good Star Wars game. So I think we'll see at least one brand new Star Wars franchise revealed, whether it's Ubisoft's um, or someone else, uh, just anyone but EA. I think we'll see one of those uh, games that has been rumored or announced actually revealed. Yeah, I think so too. I, that's one of my Ubisoft predictions. Actually, is we'll get a teaser for that open world Star Wars game from uh, Ubisoft Massive. But it is kind of like young in the life cycle of yes. that project, so it's probably going to be like an EA Mass Effect style thing where they're just going to show like a uh, what do they call it? Like an emotional piece, you know? Yeah. It's like a a mood board, but in video form of yeah. like what they're shooting for. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll see that. So do you want to get into Ubisoft then? Um, I've actually got a couple more just like general predictions. Go for it. Um, I'll run through it real quick. So Blizzard was on the kickoff live list. So I'm going to say they're either going to show us more Overwatch 2 or uh, Diablo 4 gameplay. And they've kind of been showing each of these in like little sparse amounts. But recently they canceled BlizzCon again because of COVID. So that signals to me that maybe they're looking for other opportunities to be put on a big stage and show off stuff. Yeah, this, um, this would be that. Yeah, so I, th- I think we could see that, and I'm generally excited for either of those. Um, and then my, o- my other two are kind of snarky. Uh, the first one is that Fortnite is going to have some really annoying crossover events. <laughs> like, no. And I know if you, yeah, if you love Fortnite, you're probably like, ah. But t- to people who don't particularly love it, it's just kind of annoying to see it given such a spotlight. At least it is for me. I think there's going to be some big character coming to Fortnite. Um, and Jeff Keighley will announce it, and Donald Mustard will be on the stream, Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then <laughs> one more thing is that one big IP, this could ap- apply to anyone across any of these conferences, will announce or launch a free-to-play product, product based on an IP that we all know and love. So very general, but I just see that as a general direction, and I think it's just going to happen for one IP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can. Yes, I, I free to play games make a ton of money. Well known IP make a ton of money, so that that makes perfect sense. 
That's my uh, plague flanter or plague flanter. Wow, <laughs> flag planter. There we go. Nice. A spoonerism is what those are called. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. So uh, now, kind of, yeah, moving into the more uh, like the the conferences that have uh, you know uh, kind of a more traditional presence at E3 or I guess at Summer Game Fest. Um, I mentioned Ubisoft earlier, and you know, I kind of it's a I think I think we both probably have it on our list that we'll see Far Cry Six. I mean, that, well, actually, well, duh, we're going to see Far Cry Six tomorrow. So as you're listening to this, um, we'll have already seen Far Cry Six. Do you have any predictions for Far Cry? Um, you know, Josh, actually, uh, a an influencer, I guess, someone who's basically the same as us, leaked some gameplay this morning. Um, How about that? It got it got taken down uh, already, but I actually got to watch the full video. And yeah, it just looks like um, it was a bunch of raw footage. I think we'll get like a like a legit full presentation. I think it'll be pretty lengthy. Ubisoft usually has a pretty lengthy conference. Um, I think it'll be the main event. But yeah, I, I expect a pretty substantial deep dive. Nice. Yeah, I think we'll see that. T- I mean, we'll know tomorrow as you're listening to this. It's almost a moot conversation to have. But you right. know, beyond Far Cry, this E3 season. Um, they have announced that they're going to have a forward event aside from Far Cry 6, correct? That's right. Yeah, it's going to be on the 12th. So all I have is, you know, a Riders Republic, the kind of the stuff that you would expect. Riders Republic, I think we'll see more of. I think we'll see more of Quarantine, maybe potentially their new Star Wars game. But other than that, I couldn't think of anything that would be like a surprise. Like what could Ubisoft show us? Um, you know, I think Watch Dogs is more or less done. Uh, like literally, I think that series might be uh, finished. Um, I, I Assassin's Creed. I think it's too soon for a new Assassin's Creed. So I, I'm, I don't know what Ubisoft is going to surprise us with, if anything. You know, I, I look at their fiscal earnings calls, which we've talked about, um, and, and I think they are going to start leaning heavily into at least announcing or mentioning several free-to-play products like the Division Heartland. I think yeah. we'll see that. Um, that's not necessarily splashy, but I do have on my list, and this is um, more of a bolder prediction that we'll see the next Assassin's Creed product. And by that, I mean either a free-to-play game, which Tencent has been rumored to be making Mm -hmm. um, for mobile, so that's wild, or a next small-scale project, which I don't think has any chance coming out this year, but it could be like spring 2022. Yeah, There could be a small AC game, or another rumored giant Valhalla expansion, because we know that's their best-selling AC game to date. Man, that's so, that's crazy. I know, I know, and, and, and they're rumored to do another expansion. So maybe we see that. Um, did you have anything else on your Ubisoft list? No, just just I have maybe maybe their Star Wars project. But I do I do agree with you that yeah, we'll see some of the division stuff that they revealed uh, a couple weeks ago. But other than that, no, like it really was that that was the one publisher. You know, usually Ubisoft has so much to show, but I mean Splinter Cell, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening, but I wish that that would be my wish list is uh, Splinter Cell and Star Wars, whatever they're working on at uh, um, what's the studio? You Ubisoft Massive. Earlier. Yeah, Ubisoft Massive. Yeah, I do have like some kind of teaser for that, which we talked about earlier. Um, but one more kind of splashy thing, I think uh, Ubisoft probably will do, actually. And there's been rumors of this is that they'll bring their subscription service. You pay you play plus to Game Pass. That would I be could huge. See, yeah. And the reason I think it makes so much sense is if you've been looking at the FPS boost list 
lots of Ubi games are on there. Yeah. Like you've gotten Far Cry, you've gotten Watch Dogs 2, um, you've gotten all of the old Assassin's Creed games except for a couple. Now our FPS boosted. So kind of just seems like seems like the stars are lining up there. That's a great prediction, actually. I hadn't even thought of that. And that would be that would be very that would be a huge deal. Uh yeah. Just making Game Pass, yeah, even better, which is nuts to think about. So um well, very interesting. I mean, moving from that, I mean, speaking of Game Pass, do you want to take on uh, Microsoft now and Bethesda? That, yeah, that, let's go for it. That showcase. I feel like that's kind of the big one this year. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you kick it off. I've got a, a, a few predictions here, um, some fun ones, some kind of more expected. But uh, what, what do you got? Okay, so um, I'm starting off with a vague one. Um, I'm just going to say that they are really going to go hard on Game Pass, like, really hard i feel like so much of the last uh 12 months they've gained so much ground with that product and people love it yeah. so they're gonna lean into it and i think with that they're also gonna gonna announce one new studio acquisition and we've all been hearing rumors about like an eastern studio you yep. know like a japanese or a chinese studio i don't know who it is but i think they're gonna announce an acquisition of one of them Interesting. Now, I have one of my one of my more fun predictions for the Microsoft show is that uh, Kojima is going to make an appearance. Now, do you think it's possible that Microsoft <laughs> could buy Kojima Studios or Kojima oh, Productions? Man, I I wish this was more my specialty. I don't know. I honestly could not tell you. I mean, I think it's possible. I think um, you know you, they do want to kind of get some sort of presence in in japan kojima is huge in japan i hate to use that kind of uh, cliche but he is um right. you know his games sell like crazy over there i think death stranding was a hit and you know after all the talk about sony not taking as many risks i mean that's all kojima does is take risks you know like look at death stranding and i don't think death stranding sold as well as maybe they had hoped so i can see it maybe being a thing where if kojima can get the financial support from microsoft maybe but um who knows yeah, and Xbox does not sell over there. So that's a huge get for yes. Xbox's, you know, global standing. Yeah. Like that that's a section of the world they they should be targeting. Yeah, and uh, you know, Phil Spencer had the little uh um I forget I always forget what they call them, but the little uh um Kojima figurine uh oh, on yeah, his, uh, like the space guy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I definitely think we're going to see Kojima in the Microsoft pr- pr- uh, press conference, which is interesting enough, but yeah, if they were to buy that studio that'd be bonkers. Yeah, that that's an awesome, um, awesome prediction there. <laughs> yeah, one Kojima sighting. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what else? Uh, any any other interesting stuff on Microsoft's front? I mean, I've got a ton here. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So, next one for me um, is that two games which are not coming to Xbox but are Bethesda games: Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. At least timed exclusives is what I mean. Um, are going to get huge updates with new gameplay. So it's going to be kind of this weird situation where it's a joint conference between Xbox and Bethesda, but I think those games, they just need to be given a spotlight and they will get them, even though they're not coming to Xbox day and date. Yeah, that will be kind of weird. You know, I wonder if they'll even crack some kind of joke, you know, about it, you know, (laughs) just to be kind of self-aware that, yeah, these aren't Microsoft games. But um, you're right, they're coming out. Deathloop is in September, and uh, Ghostwire, I think, is October. That's just around the corner. They've got to get some marketing buzz going, especially, I think, for Deathloop, man. I, I, You mentioned it a while back, and I'm with you. I'm concerned that this game is just not going to get the love it deserves. 
Yep. I don't think people, uh, I don't think immersive sims sell very well. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, not only that, but, you know, roguelikes it's, or roguelites or whatever you want to call them. So, right. but I do think the game looks great. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. To see if they do uh, show those. So um, on the Bethesda front, I have, uh, well, I think Starfield, I think everybody is, you know, I, I don't even know if we need to talk about it. We talked about it last week. Starfield's going to get a proper reveal. But I do think that um, one studio we haven't heard of from uh, in the Bethesda stable for a while is Machine Games. And uh, I do believe they're working on Wolfenstein 3, but I would love to see, and I'm going to predict that we get a cinematic trailer for the Indiana Jones game. But there is some gameplay sprinkled in there that lets us know whether it's a first-person or a third-person game. That's my Ooh. prediction. That's a great prediction. I That slipped my mind. Forgot that that game existed. That's incredible. Uh, I, I would love to see that game. Um, as we know, Todd Howard is uh, on the project. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of that. But that actually ties into mine. So I will actually make another uh, a, a not-so-bold prediction um, about Starfield. I'm going to say that Todd Howard is going to take the stage like he always does. Starfield's going to get like a like an insane eight to 15 minute gameplay reveal where they're going to just take a deep dive kind of like they did with fallout four and fallout 76. Yep. And then they're going to give it an early 2022 release window. Yep. And then finally it's going to be game pass day one. And they're yep. going to like v- very much like hone in on that and try to sell you on that part of it. Yeah. I, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I think that if Starfield, uh, I mean, it's not, it's almost not an if, like I said, when Starfield gets shown, I think they are going to drive home and and they were going to shut any naysayers up that are still saying this game might not be exclusive. They are going to make it very clear that this is like this is one of the big exclusive Xbox games that you can only get on Game Pass. Well, yeah, or Xbox. Yeah, they're going to flash that seven point five billion dollar, you know, price tag. Yep. And uh, yeah. And, And so speaking of the I think that there are two games that are going to get major reveals at xbox's slash bethesda's showcase one is starfield the other obviously we haven't touched on it yet is halo and i think that halo is going to get at least 50 i I put well i shouldn't say at least i think it'll get a 10 to 15 minute gameplay demo but i think the big thing we're going to see that we haven't seen anything of yet is multiplayer so that's going to be interesting i think for people interested in that and my kind of interesting maybe hot takey prediction here is that i still don't think people are going to be all that impressed with the visuals but i do think the gameplay is going to make people happy interesting yeah yeah i actually have of course i do um a halo infinite prediction on my list too i'm going to say that's going to come in it's it's going to be not it's not going to be the one more thing but it's going to be like the last 20 minutes of the show will be dedicated just to halo infinite yeah um i'm actually going to say it looks much better than it did before because I think they've had a lot of time and they've been putting up their blog posts about how they're actually and we've actually had some investigative reporting, I think, sh- telling us that they've been building the engine alongside the game. So I think that's going to make the game look better. They're going to be at a better place um, in terms of that. And then I've actually got a spicy release date. I'm going to say it's going to come out on November 19th, right before Black Friday, and it's going to be Xbox Game Pass day one. Yep. That's a great prediction. Yeah. Uh, I think November is, is it the 20th anniversary of Halo, I think? Oh, that's a good point. I don't, oh, it has to be. Yeah. 2001. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that, I, I, that is a strong prediction. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is going to be, 
you know, I think the question is, is this going to be the one big game they have this this holiday season or are they going to have another one? I don't know. I mean, I think Microsoft is going to come out swinging. I think Hellblade 2 is also on my list of games. We'll see. I think that's going to get a pretty healthy um, chunk of the show, but I don't know whether that's, a, you know, I have no idea when that game's coming out. We haven't seen much, but I think that it could, I could see that being a holiday release um, if they really wanted to surprise everybody. I could too. We've had like two pretty in-depth looks at two different events, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that should be well on its way. Yeah. And then there's just a there's there's a there's a handful of other games we might see at this show and it's hard to say like I think we'll get either an avowed or a fable something trailer. I'm, I don't think we'll get both. I don't think cuz those are their two big RPGs uh that we know of anyways and but I think one or the other will make an appearance, and I think Forza is the other thing that we'll see. Uh, but again, whether it's Forza proper or Forza Horizon, I'm not sure. But I think we'll see one or the other. Yeah, those are all great predictions. Um, I had this is literally one of my bullet points: Fable, Avowed, and Hellblade Two get updates via gameplay or release windows. Yeah. However, I don't. Fable and Avowed are they have to be far off, right? Like. Those games, when they were we were shown, they had just cinematic trailers. So it feels like those are far off to me. I think Fable is closer than Avowed because I remember hearing rumors that Playground was working on Fable a very long time ago. Uh, okay. So I think they've been working on that game for a long time, uh, but they haven't shown much. Um, so it's it's hard to say. I actually think Fable will come out in 2022. Avowed, okay. to me, is the one that, you know... Uh, um, Obsidian just came off of the Outer Worlds, and that was you know a big project for a studio their size. Avowed looks like an even bigger project. Of course, now they have uh, you know Microsoft money to toy with, but um, yeah, I would predict Fable would be coming first. But as okay. far as what we'll see at the show, it's hard to say. I, I would like to see more Fable because the the tone of that game really intrigues me. Even though I didn't play the the uh, I haven't played a Fable game, it just oh. I, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, you you have to. You got to go back and play the first one. They're in, okay, so you'd recommend the first one? First one and second one. The third one is where it gets a little iffy. But okay. um, there's an absolute charm to those games that's undeniable. Well, uh, they're on Game Pass, I think. So uh, it's no excuses. <laughs> We're not sponsored, but man, Game Pass <laughs> is amazing. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if we're uh, uh, running out of time or if we just want to, I mean, we can just keep going on, <laughs> on Microsoft. But do you have anything else there or Bethesda? I, that's actually it for me. Those are all of my predictions. Okay, same here. Yeah, I didn't have anything else, although I'm sure we'll see some other stuff from them. Uh, moving on, um, another publisher that I believe has announced they're going to have their own show, I'm not sure, but Square Enix. Um, they they did one recently with their uh, Life is Strange. I can't remember what they called it. Square Enix Presents. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if they have announced an official one of those, but there's been a lot of Final Fantasy rumors going around. I don't know if you've seen these. I haven't. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, obviously there's Final Fantasy 16. Everybody knows that. And I do think we'll see Final Fantasy 16, whether that's at a Sony event or a Square Enix event, I don't know. But there's a rumor that a game called Final Fantasy Origin is going to be revealed at E3 and that it is going to be a Sony exclusive and that it's going to be a Souls-like. So like a Final Fantasy action game in the vein of the, of Souls. But that it, and, and the rumor does say that it's, I don't know where this rumor came from, but it's definitely out there that um, it's going to be more accessible than Souls. So kind of like maybe a, uh, reminds me of a Fallen Order uh, sort of situation. Interesting. That that would actually get me to play a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. And um, I can't remember uh, which developer 
uh, like person. There's a person behind it who's very ingrained in the Final Fantasy kind of lineage. I can't remember his name, but um, I do think that Final Fantasy fans, if this happens, uh, would have a lot to look forward to. Uh, and I'd be excited for it. And I do think, based on the rumors, people are saying, like, we'll definitely see this game. So, oh. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and the other Square Enix pre- uh, prediction I have that is probably not going to happen ever, but I would love to see it, is Legacy of Kane reboot. I'm not familiar with Legacy of Kane. So uh, Legacy of Kane um, Soul Reaver is one of my favorite kind of action-adventure games. It's kind of in the vein of the old-school Tomb Raider games. And gotcha. you go around, solve these environmental puzzles, and it has some cool combat. But I'd love to see that game get rebooted. And Square Enix owns the IP, so I hope they make it happen, but it probably never will. Oh, yeah, and it looks like Crystal Dynamics um, developed it. They and did. did you see they opened a new studio in Austin? No, I didn't. So maybe, maybe some uh, some potential there. I'm interested in what Crystal Dynamics does next because, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, Avengers... Uh, at least so far, <laughs> has been kind of a flop. So I don't know if they're yeah. going to continue to support that game or move on to something else. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I don't know if you had anything on Square Enix. I know that's not your... Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's not exactly your your wheelhouse. It's not my wheelhouse, but um, Outriders is something I think they'll oh. talk about. Yep. Um, they may just preview some, some more content. Honestly, haven't played the game since a couple weeks after launch, but I think we'll see that. There was a little news story I heard talked about on a podcast. Not sure where it came from, but I think that they that Square Enix did make an official announcement somewhere that they are going to support Outriders as a franchise. Like they've officially said this is going to be a franchise, not just a one-off. That's great. That's great news because it was third on the sales charts in April. Mm-hmm. So like it it did great. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy for Outriders. And I actually wouldn't mind playing it. I just I don't know when I'll get the time, but it it's intriguing to me. Yeah, it's just it's like an alternative, you know, game. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, I'm looking at my list of predictions. The next one I have is actually the the last kind of company I have on my list is Nintendo. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to talk about before we got to Nintendo. Um, no, that's that's about it on my list. So, I mean, we touched on this earlier very briefly, but I do think We'll see the Switch Pro, Super Nintendo Switch, whatever it's called. Um, I do think we'll see it before E3 proper. And the reason I I, I heard this uh, discussed on another podcast that I listened to is that um, one of the reasons people think this is going to get revealed sooner rather than later is that there are a lot of third-party publishers who are working on games for this system, and they want to show their games at E3, but they couldn't do that until Nintendo reveals the system properly. So... um, that's exciting to know that we might get it before, you know, E3 really kicks off in earnest. But then what might third parties be working on for this thing? That's I have no idea on that front, but just interesting tidbit there. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what Nintendo has. Yeah. And then Breath of the Wild 2. I think that's <laughs> going to be their big game to go alongside this, and I have no idea when it's coming out. I can see I could see this coming out for holiday or I could see it coming out sometime next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I could easily see a March um, 2022. That's March's when Breath of the Wild came out, and it smashed. So Nintendo's kind of um, they're uh, immune to like having to launch during a certain time of the year. So yeah, and the advantage for them launching in March is that if they launch in say September or October, I mean this thing is going to be impossible to find with this <laughs> with the processor shortage going on and just how Nintendo yeah. does their rollouts in general. And if it comes out in March, at least that'll 
soften the blow a little bit when Christmas 2022 uh, rolls around that people who are trying to get this thing as a gift could maybe in some realm of possibility find one on a store shelf somewhere. Right. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I really hope they don't release it this year. I just don't see that being a pleasant experience for consumers. Yeah. Yep. And then my last uh, Nintendo prediction is that we will see there's been a rumored 2D, two-dimensional 2D Metroid uh, in the works. And I do think that that is real and we'll see it uh, and that that will release this year. I think that's going to release like very soon. That could even be like a shadow drop where they're like, and it's available right now. That would be amazing. I know a lot of people are clamoring for more Metroid. Yep. Yeah, because I don't think we'll see Prime 4 for a while. Anyways, I have exhausted my list. I feel like I just did a lot of the talking at the end of that, but uh, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, just just kind of what I said before. I, I think just don't be surprised about major pushes towards subscription-based models like Game Pass and free-to-play. It's coming, guys. Get ready. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we did go long there, uh, but this is a fun discussion. E3, like you said, this is kind of like uh, Christmas for gamers. That's kind of the cliche nowadays, and it's true. It's a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us through that discussion. If you have any predictions, let us know in the comments. Um, But with that, we are going to take our second break so we can get into our mailbag. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our mailbag. If you want to have your question read here on the show and have us discuss uh, your question, you can write into preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. So we look forward to hearing from you. And this week, we got a question from Donovan. Uh, and Donovan, thank you for the question, the thoughtful question. You wrote in and asked, or said rather, good day, gentlemen. <laughs> good day to you, <laughs> Donovan. Um, and you asked, I was late to the party, but I absolutely loved playing through Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm looking forward to Forbidden West later this year. That and Breath of the Wild are by far my favorite games of the past several years. That being said, I haven't really delved into other single-player open-world experiences, mainly because of my aversion to gratuitous gore, language, nudity, etc. Any T to milder M-rated open-world games you guys can suggest? Thanks for all you do, and uh, uh, thanks for the question, Donovan. Uh, This is super interesting to me because most open-world games are, yeah, pretty violent. I mean, even Assassin's Creed has become super violent. Uh, And so I was thinking about it, and Two, uh, three franchises came to mind. One is Spider-Man, which is a PlayStation exclusive. It sounds like you are playing on uh, PlayStation and Switch at least. Um, But check out Spider-Man 2016 or 2018, whenever that came out, and Miles Morales. Also, um, uh, the Batman Arkham games, while they are violent, it's not, uh, you're not like, there's no blood. You're not shooting anybody with bullets. You're not stabbing anybody. And those games are fantastic. Um... I would actually start with uh, uh, Asylum if you haven't played it and just move forward from that. Um, but City, Arkham City is a more proper open world game. And the last franchise I'll mention is Watch Dogs, which is more violent. You are shooting people, but you can more or less go through those games with a less violent approach. So that's I'll leave it at that. Jackson, you got anything here? You know, I really don't have many answers uh, beyond what Josh just mentioned there, Donovan. Um I am kind of the gamer that is like, I don't know, I'm just, I guess I'm desensitized to all of that stuff. So it really doesn't bother me. Um, I, I think 
it's hard to find a game that you're that you're talking about. But I think, yeah, you definitely look for Nintendo and you look for those more superhero type of games because you're not going to run into that kind of stuff in those games. Um, but man, Spider-Man games are fantastic. And the Arkham games, yeah. just like Josh said. And you know what? I, 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 this is the last thing I'll say on it. Another one just came to mind. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Check it out. Yeah. If you love Breath of the Wild, definitely check out Immortals. Game is yeah. awesome. It doesn't get enough love. Yep. So uh, that's uh, that's that. Thank you again, Donovan, for the question. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, before we sign off, Jack, uh, Jackson, do you have anything to plug on your channel? Um, not at the moment. I just released a Mass Effect video, but yeah, just trying to figure out what's next for me. Nice. As am I, because I just posted two videos on my channel, a rare instance where I get two videos between uh, <laughs> podcasts. Uh, I posted a tips video for Biomutant. If you are playing Biomutant, check that out. And this morning, I just posted my ultimate preview for Ratchet and Clank rift apart so if you're looking forward to that that is on my channel currently and uh yeah so we'll hope i'll hope to see you over there and we will hope to see you here next week uh for preloaded thanks for tuning in and sticking with us we'll see you next week bye guys